Welcome to Capes and Critiques, where we give our two cents on comic characters and pop culture. This issue, we'll be discussing one of our favorite indie comics, Lady Killer by Joelle Jones. So a lot of you might already be familiar with Joelle Jones as she's drawn a few arcs in Batman, current comic written right now by Tom King, and she's been announced as the new artist and author of Catwoman that's going to be coming out in on July 4th, the same time as the wedding. Biggest shout out to the fact that a lot of her comics where she's lead artist or does the cover art, they're sold out. They've had to do reprints, they've had to do reorders, and DC knows that they're bomb. Joelle! Okay, so let's talk about some upcoming things for Joelle. So we know that she's going to be doing Catwoman July 4th. Issue 1 is going to release the same day as Batman 50. July 4th is going to change the course of Detective Comics for months to come, I think. (laughs) Yeah, probably. The course of really Batman comics for a while, like depending how that pans out. But before that, in June, she's going to be part of, well, she does the art for Supergirl Being Super, which is written by Mariko, great author. From what I hear, I don't know if I've really read anything from her, but I'm excited for Supergirl being super because who isn't excited to see more of Joelle's art in action? I mean, come on. And I think she's already proven that she has an amazing style that translates really well into DC style, into comic book styles in general, hero or not hero. If you're interested in Scarlet Witch, she did do some of that in 2017. I love when content creators are like house jumping between, yeah. <laughs> between like the big three or any of the publishing houses. It's like, you're not that big. You're not that bad. Just take the take the art artists arters. Take arters. the arters. <laughs> Art. <laughs> take the artists that are doing amazing work. That's fun. Yeah. So, do you have any thoughts on her doing Catwoman? Will that will that make you read Catwoman? <laughs> will that make you like Catwoman enough to read it? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Um. God, support your female characters. I... She's such a bad woman. <laughs> Is it because Tom King writes Mr. Miracle with Big Barda that I shouldn't be supporting them? Should be supporting Joel Jones writing Catwoman? Exactly. How about this? I'll just buy the issues and never read them. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know what's worse. I don't know. I think something magical has to happen. Okay, actually, this is going to be very different. I think something magical would have to happen from the Catwoman I'm currently seeing in Batman. And if memory serves me right, C2E2, Joelle said that she was going for grungier, darker Catwoman. And I think I can get behind that. I just don't know. With her budding nuptials. Not sure how to feel about that and then transitioning into like a solo Catwoman. I mean, I don't know because we don't even hear about the wedding in Detective Comics. So obviously DC is okay with completely splitting and diverging story lines because they're all independent characters but i have no idea no idea maybe if they keep the michelle pfeiffer suit that's coming out in batman i'll be okay with it i actually don't know how i feel about the (laughs) michelle pfeiffer so like opposite for me like i'm obviously gonna pick it up and i'm obviously gonna read it because i love joelle and her partnership with jamie is always on point as we can see in lady killer Mm. and a lot of the other things they've collabed on just similar to tom and mitch when you have artists that understand each other it is amazing when you have Mm -hmm. because if you see a comic script and you're like how do you get that how do you get 32 pages out of just 32 lines almost i know probably like 100 lines but how do you get 32 beautiful pages from that and it's just coming from two people who understand each other on an artistic level and you do see that on lady killer because Mm -hmm. they worked together on previous series and they're able to keep that connection and have it transform into beautiful work yeah a great storytelling when an artist and an author understand each other and that's what joelle and jamie's partnership is like that's why i'm really excited for catwoman it's the same team up yeah interesting yeah jamie and joelle are gonna be on it so i'm really excited no michelle pfeiffer suit Uh, 
I just don't know. Like, I love Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman was always interesting to me. I mean, I didn't really like all the licking. The licking was like my least favorite part about Michelle Pfeiffer. It's like, no, bitch, she's not actually a cat. I think that's the issue we've had with a lot of directing of Catwoman yeah. um, live actions. Mm-hmm. The same thing with Halle Berry as Catwoman. Mind you, it was it was great, but she's not really gaining the power of felines. And yeah, being reborn mm-hmm. by them. Cats didn't bring her back to life. No, <laughs> she was actually her. just trained by some monks, guys. Like expertly trained, obviously, but she doesn't have fucking cat powers. <laughs> <laughs> like she doesn't. <laughs> I mean, I I think they could definitely give it, give her retractable claws. Um, Something with, like yeah, that's with, fine in the um, suit. Wayne Enterprise technology and funds nowadays. So. Yeah, I mean she's got that money now. Not that I she do. didn't have money before. I know. I know. <laughs> Just like how you're gonna overlook that. I don't that know. As they've Bruce never Wayne. they've never given Batman bat powers. So why do they keep trying to give cat women cat powers? I don't know. You've never seen sure. Batman turn into Dracula. You've never <laughs> seen that. <laughs> Where have you been? It's 2018. <laughs> I'm kidding. This has never happened. But. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I know there's been a Batman versus Dracula. <laughs> there's been a Batman versus everything. Yeah. But this is supposed to be Joel talk. Get out, Bruce Wayne. I'm sorry for bringing you up. Yeah, this is all your fault. God. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but regardless, I liked Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman in a sense. So I guess I get what she's trying to say about her being grungier. Mm-hmm. And I am excited for that. And I do like how Tom writes Catwoman. So I'm really interested to see the transition into how Jamie and Joelle are going to handle Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Super excited for it because, again, like how they handled Josie and Lady Killer, I'm 100% down to clown and will worship that series, I'm sure. Uh, I think regardless so excited of what happens, you're going to worship Joelle's cover art for this years is to true. come this is true yeah i mean it's she, super cute yeah. what she did with the cover um <laughs> mind you i'm not really a bat cat aficionado not really a bat can bat can <laughs> bat can <laughs> Catwoman, you're not a can. <laughs> but that was super cute in the, when they released the cover art for Catwoman 1. And she's holding the cover page and the actual issue 50 of Batman. Yeah. And that just shows how artistic and how fun Joel can be while still being serious. Because it's not it's not a whimsical thing. You're not like, oh my gosh, how funny. But it's just it's a cute tribute to what her and Tom have done. Yeah. And I, so excited. I mean, she's probably the only reason I'm going to pick up Supergirl being super, too. I mean, me and Kate Kara have a complicated relationship. I do like her, but it's very rare for me to go out and actively buy things related to Kara. But I'm definitely going to be really interested in this series that's going to be coming out in June because Joelle's drawing it. I'm like, yeah, it's going to be at least beautiful. Talking about amazing things that Joelle has done with Kara. Kara's Supergirl statue that um, Joelle designed is beautiful. Oh my, I think she's done Barbara Gordon as Batgirl, like Batgirl Burnside. She did. Um, Supergirl, she did Harley Quinn and Catwoman. I think those are yeah, the ones that I can the remember. Yeah, the Catwoman one is going to be coming out sometime this year in November, I want to say. It's Catwoman sitting on a safe. She looks super cute. Oh, she did Zatanna as well. Oh, she did Zatanna. I didn't know that. I really enjoy any throwback to Harley's original outfit, I guess, if she ever had The Jester one? Yes. I... Well, it technically is the original mm-hmm. one because Harley was in the series first before she was ever in a comic. Yeah. So it's technically the original one. That's my preferred Harley outfit. With various props that she pulls out of nowhere. But it's a really nice statue. And I think if I was more of a Harley fan, I'd be down to grab that and have that in my home. <laughs> so pretty. Yeah. Joel does it all, guys. Design statues. 
tattoos. She draws. She writes. Co-writes. Whatever. She brings to life <laughs> badass women. I mean, brings to page badass women that we can only conceptualize about. I mean, I guess that's brings to life. <laughs> enough for me. I don't yeah, know for y'all. To but a certain enough extent. For me. And just the fact that going back to Joel's work and how things become icons in comics. And I think her having designed Catwoman's dress is going to set her apart for a long time as not just a Catwoman artist, but as an artist, I think. And it sucks that it takes a cover of Batman to do that, but she's there and she's done it. Because I can, how many people can you imagine would love to design Catwoman's dress? Or to design any iconic Batman cover? Because I mean, at the end of the day, it's Batman. And this is going to be a cover you're going to remember for a long time. Mine is the entire buildup for almost a whole year for the wedding. But that's something that Joelle's doing. And I think she's just going to keep on making a bigger and bigger name for herself yeah. in comics. Yeah, and whether I mean, she stays with DC, goes to smaller publishing houses, goes to Marvel, who knows? She's had experience in all of them. But this is just, I think, the beginning to how big she can get. Yeah, I agree. And she's already kind of made history in a way because she's the first woman to draw an entire arc in Batman. I think there's only been like one woman who's drawn like single issue mm-hmm. but Joelle's the first woman who's drawn an entire arc which is the gentleman arc which was really good even though there's a lot of controversy behind it I still don't really get it he didn't actually kiss Wonder Woman guys calm down okay it wasn't a big deal because <laughs> that was the main like argument I'm like no guys whatever it was also, still a if good anything, arc that's Tom King's fault not Joelle correct correct <laughs> you do what the script says I think I don't think you, you do. get a choice and the art was amazing, obviously. <laughs> so, I mean, what more can you ask for? So, I think in that sense, she's already kind of made history, even in a little way. So, it's going to be amazing just seeing her grow more and more as a content creator, as an artist, and potentially even with being a solo novelist, maybe. I mean, there are things that are happening in DC where it's one person pioneering everything, and it's amazing. So I think the more that you do great things, the more opportunities you get to showcase that. And I hope that whatever's living inside her amazing creative brain gets to come out. Yeah, I agree. So now that we've basically <laughs> fawned over Joelle Jones for Which a while. Which you should too, if you haven't already. Her, it's free to read on Wikipedia, Joelle Jones. Yeah, just read about all the stuff she's done. <laughs> and especially her team-ups with Jamie have been really successful. So, I mean, you can start there. Like with Lady Killer, for example, which has been one of their most successful team-ups and works. And hopefully Catwoman is up there too one day. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it continues with her work with strong female characters mm-hmm. as being the flagships when you think about Joel Jones. Yeah. I agree. So go out, get Lady Killer, read Lady Killer at least, read more about Joelle Jones, and, you know, get prepared, get hyped for Catwoman (laughs) issue one, July 4th. See Joelle Jones on a cover? Buy it. Buy it now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I guess we can get a little bit more into specifically Lady Killer. Yeah. It was released by Dark Horse, and it's really, really good, and that's how we're going to be talking about it today. So just to give you like a brief summary of it before we go over the points that we really, really liked about this comic, it's basically about a 50s housewife, well, a parent 50s housewife, who's literally Betty Draper meets Hannibal. Like, that's how it's described on Read Comics Online, and I think that's the best description ever, because she's an assassin. I don't think anyone has to, I don't think that's a spoiler of any sort, because that's part of uh, her character. So it's about balancing her housewife life and her assassin life at the same time. And I think it's a really great dynamic to explore lots of guts and blood (laughs) (laughs) and uh, just a really enjoyable comic that's beautifully drawn by Joelle. Yeah, I think that with a title like Lady Killer, if you weren't expecting Guts and Glory, <laughs> then I don't know what you were thinking, because that's that shouldn't be a spoiler, and that's the definition of Josie's character. It's a fun comic. 
I don't know what it is. It's beautifully drawn. The colors are great. And I think there's a really good balance visually on splash panels and actual fights. Like there's there's a good amount of hand-to-hand combat going on. And it just, it's a testament to how cool Josie is. Yeah. And how cool Joelle is. Because she not only was an artist on it, but wasn't she, a, wasn't she scripting for it? Yeah, she's a co-author. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of work. Like, I'm always thinking of comic writers and like, oh, you have a whole team. And then these are one of the things that you see content creators pouring so much love, passion, and soul into. And you really get that through every page of Lady Killer. And I think that's what makes her so badass. I mean, not only is she a working mom, she has two jobs. I mean, she has her day Avon rep or she's like a beauty rep. Um, no, she was only pretending to be a beauty rep to get into that lady's house. She's technically a stay-at-home mom, and whenever she leaves, she tells people she's volunteering at a nursing home. <laughs> mm, I guess I got confused because towards some of the end of the chapters, they have the ask questions, like ask so-and-so, and then she responds. Like, she has her own advice column. Oh, yeah, yeah, kind of. So yeah. she, like, gives advice on how to get out deep-set stains and <laughs> what you should do with your scumbag of a husband. <laughs> yeah like how did did her calling card i mean it could just be who she's trying to assassinate yeah and i think that's actually a really fun part to have in it like her little how to get blood stains out of clothes (laughs) because she's technically a housewife most of the time so it's just combining her two quote-unquote professions yeah so she has her job as a mom stay-at-home mom and then moonlights as a deadly killer you don't want breaking into your house definitely no matter how pretty she looks (laughs) There's just some scenes where those biceps could kill, kill you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we talk over each other a lot with the exact same words. Yeah, I mean, it comes <laughs> from knowing each other for a long time, sadly. Tragic. <laughs> but I think I personally love fights that have blood and gore. I know uh, my co-host over here is really into coordinated fight scenes. And I think Joelle's... Not Joelle. Oh my god, her name is Josie. Yeah. I think... <laughs> I think there's some author self-insert with Josie. Probably. <laughs> you know they're well thought out. It's not like she's just scraping the barrel on what to do and not just like getting by with the skin of her teeth. These are well thought out um, sequences that she's going through. And it ends in death and a lot of blood. So if you like gore, if you like blood, or you like coordinated fight scenes, I don't know. What do you have to say about that? I agree. I think one of my favorite fight scenes is in chapter two or three, where Peck gives her the mission to like be an undercover, like I guess waitress at some little like bunny bar, yes, like, kitty yes, bar. It's yes, a kitty, kitty bar. Yeah, that's from um, that's issue two into issue three. Yeah, and she looks amazing doing mm-hmm. it. She's in her little like cat Playboy bunny, suit, yeah. Playboy like cat suit, because like I guess she's working at kind of like a strip joint, but not really. Trying to get like this mobster whatever a gross ass man by the way yeah some gross guy that (laughs) likes to like harass women so obviously being a woman they assign her this guy to kill because it's going to be easy access because she'll just have to flirt with him and stuff so she does and then like when she gets him in the back and then attempts to kill him i think that fight is really 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 good and I think um, that's another thing that shows her wit later on because she's able to just say, oh, he's had too much to drink and like Peck's able to, to get him out. And this is a dead man that they're dragging out to his <laughs> car. <laughs> yeah. And they just like totally pass it off like he's like he's drunk off his yeah. ass. But no, he, he's dead. Oh, and just to preface, Peck is like her handler, I guess you would say. So if you were to think Charlie's Angels are just a bunch of murderers. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're all beautiful and she's beautiful. So that's she definitely a plus. Um, and Peck is great. 
Oh, I love Peck. I love Peck's dynamic with her, especially like later on in the series. But going back into her wit and how she's able to not only use the charm that she has, which obviously just comes from her being a person, because I don't think you get an assassin job without being intuitively um, charming and intuitively smart. But there's a lot of times where she's able to use that wit from both aspects of her life, from being a stay-at-home mom and being a wife and then being an assassin. They're able to help her do both things. And I think that's really cool because later on she's able to use, I mean, much later on, out of the five issues, I say much later on, but <laughs> she's able to use her, some of her housewives down the block to be able to later yeah, on. Yeah, trick like, him kind yeah, of. Yeah, kind of like use that to her advantage. So yeah. not only, like at no point is being a housewife and having children and having a husband any sort of hindrance to her being an assassin and vice versa i think yeah and i think a major plot point in the first volume because there are two out right now a volume three is supposed to come out eventually i think but i don't know when that is or anything or if there's been any announcements on that the reason that she ends up having to like fight the agency that she uh, works for currently is because they don't think she can do her job because she's a mom that she won't be able to balance work and being a full-time mom and wife and everything and because she's a woman that that's a disadvantage or whatever and boy did she (laughs) prove them wrong yeah it is in no way a disadvantage to her ability to kill and i do think that there's a very interesting display of that when her next hit is a kid yeah And you know that she could kill this kid and that she might kill this kid, but don't know yet because she's not only trying to prove the agency wrong, but keep her job because I think she loves killing people in a way. Yeah. (laughs) Like (laughs) when her boss asks her, why are you still on assassin level? Like you could be moving up the chain and being a handler or doing other things in the agency. And she's like, no, I love my job. (laughs) And I feel like that's such a fun dynamic to explore in someone who's a loving caring mom because she's good with her kids she's good with her husband she's somewhat good to her Her mother-in-law her nosy (laughs) mother-in-law i i mean that mother-in-law is the smartest bunch out there because (laughs) she's she's questioning she's like where is this woman going what is she doing at odd hours of the night i see her she thinks i don't so i think the the mother-in-law is a very strategically and well-placed character in that sense. Yeah. In the, in the paranoia of her possibly getting caught. What would yeah. that mean? And if you really like uh, Volume 1, in Volume 2, the mother-in-law actually becomes like a key part of it. And I think that's a really, really good move on Joelle's part. Um, and, well, like the whole author team, the writing team and all that. Because I think the way that the mother-in-law gets worked into the second volume, because she has a past with like the main antagonist for that volume, I think is really interesting and well thought out. And I was kind of scared that volume two wouldn't live up to volume one, but I think they did an excellent job with it. And they were both really fun reads. So I recommend both of them. That sounds amazing. Like I think because towards the end of volume one, you get more glimpses towards the mother-in-law and that relationship and how you know that volume one ends with the fact that she's no longer killing people for a short amount of time because obviously i mean when you have a passion and you have a calling you have to go back to it and whether that's yeah. being a nurse a doctor a venerian or a killer i think you just go back to it i mean writer's right josie kills <laughs> <laughs> basically that is her forte other than of course doing laundry and getting blood stains out of clothes <laughs> And I think she does seem to be a great mom because she she keeps her kids engaged. She has them doing activities. Her husband's kind of lame, but that's um, that's the men of the era, I think. 
yeah. um, coming home and just like parking themselves in front of a television. That's very, I think, stereotypical. I mean, I didn't live in that time period. That's just what movies have told me. <laughs> yeah, it is the 50s. But I think as far as husbands go in that era, he's really encouraging of what she yeah. wants to do and things You're like right. that. So in that sense, I do like him. And even at the end when he's like, hey, you know, you should become one of those Avon girls because it's good for women to learn how to make their own money or whatever. And she's like, yeah, maybe I'll think about it. <laughs> Which I think is a fun throwback to the beginning because in the very first issue, I guess, chapter, um, she is masquerading as an Avon worker in order to get uh, into the house of her next person she had a hit on. Her next victim. Her next victim. Yeah, so I thought that was a really fun tie into the beginning. It was just a fun ride from start to finish. And that's why we really recommend this read. It's well written. If you like strong, empowering women, and I'm not empowering anyone to go and become an assassin. I mean, (laughs) I wouldn't even know how you would begin to do that. But it's just, I mean, you can take that passion and that strength that a character has and apply it to your own career. So, I mean, if you're that writer who just wants to write, I mean, and, and if you're killing people, I mean good for you you make that money (laughs) yeah don't get caught you support your family (laughs) please don't get caught but in no way am i endorsing a criminal lifestyle but i think you can definitely take the strengths that josie has as a multitasker as a smart as heck woman and as a compassionate person because it does like i just love those parallels parallels in personalities i mean um, not personalities but parallels in personality traits where you can be strong merciless but still compassionate and loving so it's very fun to see that throughout the comic and it's really great knowing that there's female content creators pushing this yeah and like you said that dynamic is just so much fun that she can literally be a cold-hearted killer and still be a great mom because at the end of the day she does everything possible to protect her family especially after like the whole thing goes down in the first volume with the agency and she has to protect her family in the second issue is she getting paid second volume she got paid for, yeah, the initial hits. I don't remember. Where is this money going? I don't know. I mean, I, I just... She's I want... 100% getting paid for this stuff. I know. The reason I ask that is because I wonder, like, where this money is being funneled into their home life. Is it just buying the groceries? Is the husband assuming that this money's coming from where? I mean, this is me over-reading into it just because I think it'd be funny, but... I feel like she has a separate account for her assassin money, and she might, like... Leave it to her kids in the future. Oh my future. god! It's their college fund. That's it. It could be. It it's could a thousand percent fund. be their college fund, but they haven't said what the money is for, where it's, it's for going. Kids fund. Yeah, I, I could totally see it being their I don't, college I just fund. don't want to think about it as like this is pocket money for her eventually running away <laughs> or something like that. No, she loves her family way too much to yeah. have her leave them. And I think the colors and then just Joel's art style shines so much in this um going back i want to say issue four issue three and it's um the party scene for her husband oh yeah yeah it is so nice to view and her her outfits are gorgeous like she murders but with style with 50s style and even i mean if she wore that today like 2018 into 2019 i would not tell her anything yeah (laughs) she looks so cute everything's so well thought out and it, going back to that party scene, I thought it was really funny, her being like the hostess with the mostest and taking yeah. care of all the problems. Like you could tell she was just sick and tired <laughs> of all these people in her house, but she still had to like be the host because it was her husband's yeah. party. So she's like, okay. And going, it just draws full circle how much she <laughs> loves her family and her husband because she's doing it for them. Um, but her, her com- all of her conversations, I think, have such a double meaning at yeah. times. Because she talks to her pregnant um, friend, 
yeah, like her pregnant friend, and it's just the way that she's talking about her family, or the way that she's talking about the activities that she does, or even when she's trying to go out of town on the weekend to visit her sister. I mean, there's such such good deception. Yeah, it reminds me, I think it's just because I'm thinking of her in Batman, but it just reminds me of Bruce Wayne. Like <laughs> Joel's drawing in yeah. Batman or Josie and Batman. No, Joel's <laughs> drawing in Batman just because the duplicity of like heroes and their double identity. Mm-hmm. So Bruce Wayne versus Batman, Josie mom, 50s homemaker Josie versus assassin Josie. So it's kind of like that same superhero dynamic of secret identity, but completely inverted i guess in a sense because she's an assassin she's not really a hero even though she's technically killing bad people for the most part some of them from what we know from what we know like from the uh, people she's killed they have had some mob links like it's mostly been mob bosses or Mm -hmm. people that have something on the mob or have something to do with the mob i think the only one that wasn't really linked to it was the kid like maybe his parents were but not yeah i think it's because he was supposed to have been killed when his parents yeah yeah um because his parents were connected with who knows what at this point yeah but the agency just gave her the kid to like as a test or whatever and she knew that which was a douche move it was because they're they're douches and you can tell by like the people that because at the end when she goes up against the agency in the first volume she gathers like other people who have been wronged or betrayed by the agency similar to her and they kind of fight back and i thought that was a great idea on her part to like form her little team and stuff yeah find other women that the agency's trying to screw in the exact same way yeah and just as skillful Mm mm-hmm and so, yeah, and they take them down. Because, like, at the end of the day, if you're running an assassin agency, you're probably not the best person in the world either. And, okay, so we've actually gone over the things that lead up and what happens directly after my favorite scene, I think, in the entire volume. It's when, after she spares the child, the kid, I can't remember, it's a little boy or a little girl, and then she starts getting chased down by Peck. Oh, yeah, that was a great scene. And chase scene, fight scene, that whole Yeah, everything. so there's a car chase scene. And, I mean, you would think that in a comic it'd be hard to do a car chase scene. If you think of a lot of superhero things, you just see, like, one little panel and you're like, whatever. But it, it was suspenseful, in my opinion, the yeah. car chase scene. And then not only when, they, when Peck ends up catching up to her, there is a very interesting coordination between them. Because I think there is a hesitation on Peck's end whether or not he is willing to kill her, but he knows he has to kill her if it comes to that. So he shoots off her heel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he shoots off her heel in the car. And then she ends up taking his car. Yeah, she ends up tricking the guy who stops them to to save her. Because he thought that, like, Peck was, well, Peck was attacking her. Um, so but then some, she framed it as if she was innocent. Which you yeah. all right now know she's not. Yeah, she's like, oh my god, he attacked me. Thank you so much for saving me. And then she takes the car and just drives off. And Peck shoots the poor farmer. Yeah, man. poor farm man that stopped to help her. I mean, oh, I but guess it, that's where you don't get into altercations yeah. with strangers. You mind your own business. Yeah. And another another thing that kind of reminds me of Batman is that Josie refuses to use guns ever. She always likes knives or anything else that's like more hand to hand whenever it comes to fighting or killing and people. Peck's got a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> Peck got a gun. He's like, oh, it was always a disadvantage that you never liked using guns, Josie. Yeah. And again, their dynamic is really interesting to play out because while they're like work friends, the kind of work they do doesn't really allow for friends. Correct. Because you, you're you either, not only you know how bad these other people are, because one, that's a murderer. That's probably another murderer who's handling you. And it's someone who's not 
who hasn't done anything about it? Like, they know that these assassinations are happening, so it takes a kind of person. So it's not like you're going to go out for ice cream with your kids with him. Definitely not. And you can tell even from the beginning that there's a level of trust that just doesn't exist between them. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's strictly a professional relationship. Yeah. Yeah, no matter how um, flirty or charming Peck tries to be with her or friendly at any point, you can tell it's definitely strictly professional because she does not trust him. I mean, with good reason. I, I mean, think yeah, I don't trust think they anyone. should trust each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely. Um, again, to the type of personality that it takes to be in an assassin agency. Yeah. Cutthroat. <laughs> Very cutthroat. So if you're into espionage and assassinations and pretty ladies with knives and blood on them... <laughs> Not only fun coordinated fight scenes, beautifully drawn panels, interesting colors, as well as I think some originality in panel displays, because I think there are times where um, the creative team are able to structure in a way where the environment (coughs) becomes the panels often. And it's really exciting to see comics do that. Um, not just be your traditional six slots, I want to say, on one page, six, 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 six. It's always fun when they're playing around with different things. And it keeps you engaged, I think, more so. Yeah, and I think Joelle herself is just a very creative artist. And you can tell in the things that she's drawn for Batman how creative she is and why DC is giving her the opportunity to head the Catwoman comic that's coming back in July. Um, And you can really get a glimpse of her style and her workmanship in Lady Killer. And I think it's definitely worth exploring, even if you're like, hmm, I don't know, 50 is not really my style. You know what? It's a really fun read. After (laughs) this, it will be your style. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like regardless, it just, it's really fun. And I mean, come on. Who can pass up something that's literally been described as Betty Draper meets Hannibal? Like, how cool does it sound? And it lives up to it because it's it's a really fun ride from start to finish. It's a flawlessly gorgeous woman taking her life in her own hands and unfortunately other people's lives. But it is (laughs) having that balance of being strong, being empowered and being compassionate and loving, which I don't think I see too often. Yeah, it's either one or the other. You're either... A compassionate, loving mother, or you're a badass assassin. Like, you don't often get to see those two things going hand in hand, and that goes hand in hand right now in Lady Killer. And I think that it's amazing to be able to balance that in a character and still get behind a character that you know is killing people actively and likes to kill people, regardless of her circumstances. Because you do get more of like her backstory and how she started being an assassin in the second uh, volume, which I think is still awesome and worth exploring. It doesn't take from her character, but only mm-hmm. adds to it. I think that's only the best way. I also like when stories start just like guns blazing. Yeah, because you get thrown right into it with this. guns with Josie, but <laughs> you jump in and there's something happening and you get the explanation and you get the exposition throughout the first volume which is captivating and I think it's necessary when it comes to characters that aren't well established or new characters I think that's just what catches my attention and I feel like catches a lot of other people's attention yeah generationally now yeah like there's definitely thrown straight into the action there's really no pause in like the killing or the action the story has a great pace um, which makes it a really easy read and a really fun read. So I think in that sense, um, definitely it captivates you. There's really not a boring moment in this series. There's not. So 
So go out, figure out. If you do not know who Joel Jones is, you want to Google her. You want to see everything that she's done. DC has their creators and their entire lists online. So you can see everything she's drawn, everything she's co-authored on that has to do with DC. Because as we talked about with Batman. And then wiki her and see what other comics that she's done and explored in. Because I think it's really fun and important to support not only innovative content creators, but as two women <laughs> with a podcast, female content creators. Yeah, because they are. Because her her little co writer is female. I'm pretty sure. If not, it's okay. Yeah. If not, you made a great comic, so <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> you almost made it seem like you were, but if you are, I'm sorry for this. So. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our little spiel about Joelle Jones and Lady Killer and her great work and getting excited about her upcoming work in Catwoman. Issue one out July 4th. Everybody should get it. And <laughs> and I hope that you enjoyed that. And if there are any other indie comics that you want us to talk about, kind of promote and... Um, if you want us to read it. If you feel yeah, like there's read it amazing, in general. give us recommendations. I mean, I don't have much else going on in my life. Give me some new comic recommendations. Yeah. <laughs> I think especially in indie too, it might be um, more difficult to get into it because you well, you don't know the characters, so it's not as and easy to transition into that. And it's so easy to be okay with everything new that's happening with heroes that are well established, especially superheroes. I mean, with everything that just happened in Infinity War, how am I not going to want to read to, yeah. anything about Iron Man, read anything about Spider-Man, or with Flash and your very, very standard Justice League of America characters, it's very easy versus indie comics. So if you have a recommendation, tweet at us. We're Caped Critiques on Twitter. Caped Critiques on Twitter. Yeah, just at us, hashtag us, message us. I don't know. Yeah, live your life. You do you. (laughs) (laughs) Or send us, I mean, if you have a link for something that's cool, I mean, send me a wiki page on Gmail. It is capesandcritiques at gmail.com. Yeah, so if you there's anything like that that you're interested in and want us to look into, yeah, just shoot us a tweet or an email. And thanks for listening. Yeah, until next issue.